Hey everyone, we appreciate you listening. We'll get into the show in a bit, but just want to mention, go check out our Twitter page, at Midcourt Madness, for all of our show updates, as well as some breaking news tweets. Also, check out our website, where we post all of our writing at midcourtmadness.wordpress.com. Here's the show. On today's Midcourt Madness, we are previewing the Big Ten Conference. They're still looking for their first national title since Michigan State cut down the nets in 2001. But it's definitely a conference on the rise. And before their flop during the tournament a year ago, they were considered the best conference in the entire country. Now, this year, can they actually have a good regular season and capitalize and have some tournament success? Let's get into it. All right, Bakes, we'll get into the preview here very shortly. But first, I just want to say it is good to see you in person again, in recording in person. You know, love has brought us back together. Kind of like like Captain and Tennille, love will keep us together. You are Captain, and, and I am Tennille. Love, love doesn't keep are. us together. Love will keep us together. Think of me, babe, whenever. That that's, yes. yeah, that's Captain and Tennille. Okay, okay. Yeah. Good, I'll be Tennille, and you be Captain. <laughs> But love will bring us together again. And keep us together. Yeah. I hope so. Think of me. Just move here again. Babe, whatever. Just move here again. That's the plan. Just okay. Life chess right now, you know? We're, just, we're, yeah. moving, we're moving pawns across. We're working our way up. Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll turn that pawn eventually into, like, another queen. Yep. No. So, bye, bye to your current life, then. Yeah, I was going to say. Maybe not. <laughs> Revise that. <laughs> Done, let's talk some hoops. I'm she, good at that. I just say she's about to jump through the door here. Yeah, probably. Um, so yeah, we'll get into the tiers here, and we talked about this before the show. Um, how many teams do you think should be in tier one? I I struggle with how how do we define what is tier one? If it's national that, title, that's literally the only that's the only lane for tier one. It's just yes. if you can win the national championship, yes. then none of them, right? Because the Big Ten never wins the national championship. Well, that's a good point. Do they deserve to have any tier one? Team? Let's just move on to tier two then. <laughs> I, I think there are probably I, I I always just do like the close my eye test, right? If I, can I close my eyes and just picture this team winning the national title at the end of the year? And I can picture Michigan. I can picture Purdue. I think it, maybe it's t- that's like, a tough one. It, like they have all the talent in the world, but it's Purdue. Like that's, you, don't, you don't think of basketball when you think of Purdue, right? It was like it was like a couple years ago when, when the Vikings Tech. when the Vikings had Christian Ponder. It was like they got they're lo- they're loaded on defense. They have great wide receivers. They have this, and then the person would say, "Yeah, but Ponder sucks." Yeah. That's kind of where it is here. Yeah, but it's Purdue. Yep. You know, not that Purdue sucks, but it's just I have a hard time with that. There, you know, in college basketball, there is parity, or there is the there's more of the illusion of parity than actual parity. Mm-hmm. The same handful of teams basically win the national championship more often than not, and I guess Baylor just busted that, so maybe yeah. Purdue can too. Yeah. I got to see it a little bit more with Purdue. I do have a question whether or not. They were a good team last year. They bring back everybody else. Can can all those guys who were good take it to another level, or are they just going to be kind of stuck in very good still? Yeah, you know. And they definitely have a lot of those good guys you're talking about, and they really lose no one from a year ago. No. And you know, 
you might remember last year, I think it's we were doing tourney prep. And I was telling you about how like I feel Purdue is like the one year away team. Yeah. And then they lose to the mean green of North Texas in the first round and I had egg on my face. Yeah, but I mean they, that maybe you were you could still potentially be right. If I you were be. the year away thing. I mean but let's, let's you're... watch them go twenty eight and three. Yeah. Usually if you're a year away you have a little more tournament success the year prior. Yeah, and I, I think what that what the last showed is that the team was flawed. Mm-hmm. That doesn't I mean every upsets always happen in the tournament. It doesn't mean the team's bad. But it just shows I don't think Purdue has this overwhelming talent where they can escape playing a playing a poor game, right? Mm-hmm. Because they just don't have overwhelming talent. They have some really good players, but it's not it's not overwhelming. Yeah. And yeah, the talent we speak of, you know, Trayvon Williams, the man in the middle, is just a load. Double double machine. He's actually, you know, he's got basically a backup. I don't know if they, you know, you'll probably see times where both of them are on the floor. Um, but Zach Eady's a guy who's another very talented big man. I remember seeing tweets over the summer. I think it was like the junior nationals or junior worlds or whatever it's called. And he was playing for Team Canada and just lighting it up. Um, so, you know, could he build on that and even, you know, have a better sophomore ca- campaign? Uh, the guy to watch out for on the wing, as far as you know, breaking out, would be Jaden Ivy, very talented shooting guard. He comes back for his sophomore year as well, and they got some other good guards: Sasha Stefanovic, Brandon Newman, Eric Hunter. All will play a vital role. Vital role, but you know, I look at this roster and I don't really see. Do they even have like a true point guard? Eric Hunter is probably is he the guard? yeah. He's yeah. A, he's pretty much a true point guard for them. Although yeah. Purdue doesn't. They don't run. They don't run the kind of offense that they did when they had Carson Edwards, where it was just like the Carson Edwards show. I mean, Matt Painter is very, uh, you know, he's very pliable in his in his in his, uh, in his schematic uh, approach to the to the game. And so they, they don't have a point guard who is going to handle the ball, do all of the decision making while a bunch of guys stand and watch. Um, Hunter is more of a guard who's going to get the ball at the floor. He'll he'll attack gaps off of a you know of a swing around. I would I would assume Jaden Ivey is the guy though at like the end of the shot clock who is your guy who's yep. we give it to this guy and say hey go 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 get us out of trouble yep. and you know one of the more intriguing things and one of the reasons why I would peg them slightly higher than Michigan or Illinois is they really lose no one and they return everyone if obviously I'm saying the same thing there but you know they're gonna have a lot of chemistry here is where I'm going with this they're they're not bit working in new pieces like Michigan is. Yeah, that's that's true, and and the continuity thing, especially. I mean, I'm I'm very curious because this year we'll have like unprecedented levels of turnover with with so many guys transferring, so many guys leaving for the draft, all of that kind of stuff. I, I'm I'm very curious to see how far can continuity take a team, especially at the beginning of the season. I mean, I, I would expect Purdue to come out looking good early in the year because of because of what you just said. They're not incorporating a whole lot of new pieces. You're you're simply you're you're picking up where you left off a little bit, and they they picked up. They ended the season very good before the NCAA tournament loss. They were they were on a nice little roll. They got a four seed, and and a lot of these guys are they were they were very young last year, playing a ton of guys who were freshmen or redshirt freshmen, with with especially with Ivy, Edie, Mason Gillis, and Newman. So I mean they have they have all the pieces. I think uh, it's just a whether or not. Ah, I'm really curious. I think the big key to this team, obviously Ivy busting out, which everybody is predicting in the college basketball world. Everyone is thinking this guy is going to be the 15 man. 15 points per game. So At least, yeah. yeah, like a, a conference player of the year candidate type. 
I, I think I think I think Zach Eady needs to like overtake Travion Williams as the best big on the roster. And he and he has the talent to do so, but I think he could. Whether it, or not he plays weird. enough to do it, I, I think I think that's I think that's going to be kind of the key because Travion Williams is a good player, but you know, not like the Jay Billis deal. I don't know if he's a great player. Yeah, he gets fifteen a game, but it's, he gets high volume. He's not a big who only takes eight, nine, ten shots and gets fifteen a game. Yeah, he takes like 13, 14 shots sometimes, and he's kind of inefficient. Yeah, so I, I'm high on Purdue. Yeah. I, I think they're they're going to enter the season ranked in the top ten. Some some have him. I think Matt Norlander has him at like number two. Let's see what Ken Palm. I just, I saw a tweet this morning. Ken Palm just dropped this this morning. Ken Palm came out with his new stuff. Yeah. So I mean they'll they'll be rated high, you know, and they'll have a ton of expectation. But Purdue is, is six six. Yeah, there you go. And and so and, and a lot of that they incorporate based off last year because Baylor's four. Mm-hmm. So I think that Purdue number actually could even be higher than six. Yeah. You know, if you think about all the turnover that teams like Baylor, Michigan. Some of those other folks had, uh, they're they're going to have massive expectations. Probably the biggest expectations Purdue's had, probably since those those Robbie Hummel, Etwan Moore, Jawan Johnson teams. Yeah. All right, let's toss it over to the other tier one team, the one we're sort of comparing them to. Tell me about Michigan. I think Michigan. I think Michigan is at the point now where it's like you just kind of consider them one of the top teams in the country. Almost just based on the name on the front of the jersey, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, John Howard has shown nothing but awesomeness in his two years at Michigan. He was way better in year one than anybody expected, and they were ranked, I think, as high as maybe one or two early in early in the year two years ago. And then last year, they were just kind of a force all season long. They were one of the best teams in the country, really, from start to finish. Yeah, and what happens if Livers doesn't go down? Go down? I, I don't know if it changes a ton. Um, Brandon Johns really stepped up in his absence. But he's not it's, Isaiah Livers. Yeah, though. it's a worthy question. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, they got to the Elite Eight without him. They yeah. were a, a really good team. And um, I think they bring back maybe the best big man in the country in Hunter Dickinson. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the Big Ten is loaded with bigs. And, and I mean, well, I, I saw a tweet. I think it was Rossi or someone like doing like their projections for um, all conference. I think he had like Dickinson, he had um, Cockburn, he had. Might have had Travion. He had like four centers on his team. Trace Jackson Davis, probably. Yeah, yeah it's all. It, I mean, the big men are alive and well in the Big Ten. The big men in the Big Ten. Yeah. Conference is all about size. Yeah. Size matters, apparently. <laughs> Hope not. <laughs> That's but, what I've heard. <laughs> yeah. That sucks. But anyway, um, Dickinson's a monster. I mean, he was an awesome player as a freshman, and you just know, like, he, he's if he gets even a little better. You you were talking about last year the hole in his game with all he had was his left hand jump, the, the right shoulder hook shot. If he adds a little bit more to his game and diversifies a little bit, I mean, he's going to be a beast. He's already fourteen and seven. Yeah, as a freshman, and and he, he should get any, a little better. Eli Brooks is back, kind of a steadying influence on the, uh, the point guard spotter in the backcourt. Uh, they bring in Devonte Jones, who's a who's a transfer up from Coastal Carolina, who's one of the top kind of two way guards at the mid major level. He averaged, I think, like nineteen and nineteen and seven with a with a handful of assists. I mean, he's a he's just a high quality kind of bulldog lead guard type. So I think him and Brooks in the backcourt make a make a really good duo. Mm-hmm. Um, you you mentioned Brandon Johns, who's a solid kind of workman like piece, and then their freshman class is awesome. Yeah. Musa Diabate, two of them uh, could start. 
Yeah, Caleb Houston, uh, Frankie Collins, I think, is going to have a really solid impact in the backcourt for them. They've got a really good freshman class, but those freshmen don't have to be the stars of the team. You know, they've got they've got veterans who can kind of show you the way too. Yeah, like veterans at like similar position. Like you said, Musa Diabite, you know, a post player. Well, he gets to learn from Hunter Dickinson and probably start alongside him. Um, Caleb Houston probably learned from Brandon Johns a little bit. Um, so like they have like good mentor type players to, you know, help them this freshman year. And yeah, you talk about their recruiting class, two five stars, four, four stars. Two of those four stars are also top 50 guys. So just a ridiculous recruiting class. Loaded class. And so it's going to be interesting. You know, if you look, you know, the returning guys and those freshmen lend themselves to a top 10 sort of rotation. Um, So I think they're deep. They are. Yeah, they've got great depth. They've got they've got the potential. They've got great depth. They've got good experience. They've got the five-star kind of pedigree talent coming in. And they and they've got kind of the star power at the top with Hunter Dickinson being a being a guy who you can kind of you know, lean on as a as a potential kind of go-get-it type of guy. Yep. You know. They've got all the pieces. I I think they're probably in my opinion my pick would be to win the Big 10. Okay. Um, you know, just I, I feel like I trust that their ceiling is a little higher than Purdue's ceiling. I would agree with that. Um, so, yeah, let's toss it over to Illinois. We're, we'll get into uh, Tier 2 here. And I think the big storyline this year for them was they almost lost coffee. Getting coffee back was huge. Yeah. Getting getting Cockburn back, you always you never want to you never want to turn down Cockburn. Yes. You know, <laughs> when you can get Cockburn back in the – Back in this, back in the way. Yep. You want more Cockburn. Yep. You know, you're always a little more sluggish without that coffee. You know. Yep. True. <laughs> it's early Sunday morning here. Yep. Need that coffee. Yes. And Cockburn. But yeah, in addition, you know, obviously their big losses, I had to assume. Well, yeah. Um, but you know, everyone's favorite breakout candidate, if it isn't Jaden Ivy, is Andre Corbello, who will slide in right to that role. Average nine and four a year ago in. And I don't know if he ever started. Maybe maybe a couple of spot starts here. Yeah. But nine and four for a guy who wasn't a starter a year ago is great stats. Um, Trent Frazier comes back as well. Um, another good guard, ten points per game. They get in Alfonso Plummer from Utah, um, sort of a swing guy, averaged thirteen points per game a year ago. And then one guy just you know I when I was doing my cheat sheet, cheat sheets big, and I'm just looking up sort of like roster projection type stuff. One guy who was sort of off the radar is Austin Hutcherson, who people are saying, you know, could start for them this year. And I've never even heard of the guy. Do you know much about him? I know a year a year ago around this time, or maybe a year ago, like last summer when Illinois was was kind of creeping up as one of team one of people's uh, you know potential really good teams. I think they were ranked in the top ten in the preseason last year. You know, everybody was talking about getting Dusumu and and Kofi back last year. And so there was there was some hype about those two guys, but then when you dig a little deeper and you look at some of the depth pieces, um, you know, Curbelo was going to be a freshman. Adam Miller was about to be a freshman, so they're excited about those guys. And then Jacob Grandison and and Hutcherson were two other guys who transferred in from either JUCOs or low major schools. And I remember listening to Brad Underwood on a podcast talking about how how Hutcherson is one of like one of the best athletes on the team. And like, he's a, he's a, he's a skilled kind of big swing man who can give us kind of an athletic dimension on the wing. 
and obviously he didn't play all of last year, but if he's a guy who can who can give you something, he certainly doesn't have to be – he can have a very niche role, right? He doesn't have to be your go-to scorer or, you know, your guy that you that, that lean on heavily. It's almost like you can approach it like anything Anything he gives us is kind of gravy because we feel like we, we know what we're going to get out of Kofi. We know what we're going to get, for the most part, out of Trent Frazier. He's been there now for – is this his fifth year? Is he one of the guys who opted into a fifth year? He could be. Uh, I think he did. You have a pretty good idea of what you're going to get out of Curbelo, which is you expect a lot. What you get out of out of Hutcherson is kind of like, hey, you know what? This is great. Yep. You know, this is just this is extra. It's a cherry on top. Yep. Yeah. Very talented roster. You know, definitely. Um, you know, some people might be arguing like you could put them into that tier one sort of, sort of second best team in the conference, but I think I I have them as sort of third best team. And you know, uh, what do you think? Yeah, I like. Um, or do you have someone else you want to put out there? I, I almost might put Indiana ahead of them. I'm, I'm excited about Indiana. I do like this Illinois team a lot. I think there's – they. I would like it a lot less if I didn't know how well they did without DeSumo last year. DeSumo mm-hmm. missed a couple games late in the year last year. And, and, you saw, very well. and you saw a number of those guys kind of step it up. Yeah. I don't know if they're a team that's built to win the whole thing because – They're also another team where it's like, can you picture Illinois winning at all? Not that collection, I can't. Yeah. No, last year I could. Right. But we lost in the second round. But like that was the team that we picked up no, one round too like, far. Can you picture like the video at the end of the national title game and like everyone's got their hats on and the coach is holding the trophy? Can you picture Illinois? And Brad Underwood. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, I just think they're they're in the they're in the group of just like they're good. Yeah. You know, I don't know if there's a I don't know if there's another level Illinois can get to. Exactly. Um so yeah, tell me why you like Indiana. So much more. Well, I think Trace Jackson Davis is, you know, if they're, I mean, he's on that list of elite level bigs who's going to, you know, be an all conference caliber guy, an all American caliber guy. You're, you're on the list of elite level bigs for this podcast. Uh, <laughs> you too. <laughs> I, I really love what the work that they did in the transfer portal um, and, the, and the recruiting market, getting a ton of guys who can. I think they got out, they got rid of some of the guys that were were problems for them last year, and I think Mike Woodson. You know, uh, I'm drinking the Kool Aid a little bit. I think Ooh. he's going to be a better coach. You're than, opposite of Titus. Yeah, I think Titus was pretty excited. I don't think about he likes Woodson. I think he was pretty hyped about. I, it. I mean, he wanted Brad Stevens, so that was the big, the big thing that really you know that hurt. I mean, he he wanted uh, you know he wanted Scarlett Johansson and ended up getting. Uh, a girl that wasn't as hot as yeah, Scarlett Johansson, gotcha. you know. So okay. like, you know, that makes so, much so sense. that that turned that turned you know into that. But the girl that he ended up getting was was still pretty hot. Okay, just not Scarlett Johansson, right? Hot. Yeah, Mike Woodson is pretty hot. He's okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He's like six five, John. That's big. That is a big deal. Yes. So there's that. Yeah. But I, I think I think there's a chance he he has a really solid year, and they brought in some really good transfers, including Xavier Johnson, who um, is coming in from from Pitt. Uh, Miller Cop, who was one of the uh, Big Ten on Big Ten crime there at Northwestern, mm-hmm. who was a solid player. Um, Parker Stewart, who was a kind of a swingman combo guard from uh, Tennessee Martin. Nice little up transfer. Yeah, an up transfer there, so he doesn't have to play as big a role, but he's but he's coming up. And then you and then you bring back a couple guys like Rob Finnessy and Race Thompson, who were solid role players for them. And, and Tamar Bates, who was who was one of the top rated freshmen in the country. They they just have a ton of pieces. Have you said really Xavier like, Johnson yet? 
Yeah, from Pitt. Okay. Yeah, okay. he was one of the leading scorers at Pitt. I could see him having a. I could see him maybe taking on a much bigger role than. Uh, scratch that. Actually, I think Xavier Johnson's role will actually be a little smaller at Indiana, but but his impact will be higher. He yeah. won't have to be the guy who does He'll everything. Be more efficient. Yeah, I think his efficiency should, in theory, get a lot better because he's playing with better players, and he's a guy who averaged almost six assists a game at Pitt. Yeah. You know, Trace Jackson. Not very many good scores there to pass it to. No, there's not. So. I mean, I, I just think if, if they can integrate all their pieces, they're to me they're like a super diet Texas. Mm-hmm. You know, I think all the all the transfers coming in, there's a lot of pieces. The pieces, if you can fit them all together, can can put together a really really nice puzzle. Um, but you've got to put all those pieces together. So I, I think that's a team that they might they, there might there might be some stretches early in the year where they look kind of discombobulated and a little jumbled. Mm-hmm. But, but I think the pieces add up. I, th- I think this can be a really good team. Yeah, and no, I agree with that. And then you talk about Trace Jackson Davis and Ray Thompson. This is one of the best front courts in the country. That's one of the best front court duos, yeah, in the entire country. <laughs> exactly. Not just the country, the entire country. It's not a good front court duo. It's a great front court Speaking of that, duo. you see, uh, you see uh, Billis has a new podcast. Yeah, Bald, Bald, Bald Man, Man on Campus. I commented on our accounts, yeah. and I put... Not a good podcast, a great podcast. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to give it a shot. Has, it, has he dropped any episodes yet? Yeah, they did one on Thursday. I think they previewed ACC and Big was it twelve? Big twelve. Oh. It's him. Typical. It's the the ACC. And is it Greenberg? Yeah, is it Greenberg? they're all bald guys. Yes, I'll have to check that out. But anyways, we're not cross promoting. No, we're don't, not. don't listen to them, guys. No, listen, listen to, to us, us first. Yeah, exactly. The reason you listen to them is because you came here first. Yeah, we told they, you to listen to them. No free ads. We're off this. Yeah. Um. But I'm just looking for roster construction. I talk about those two big guys, and then they have a third, Logan Duncan, coming in as a center, top 100 guy. They have a Michael Durr from South Florida. That's a solid four-man rotation at the big spot. Yeah, if they even need to rotate four. They might only rotate three. And, and well, typically, but, but, I think that's all you really need at the at those two big spots is a three-man rotation. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But yeah, I mean, it's it's obviously nice to have have somebody who played at South Florida, which is, you know, it's not exactly a, a low-level conference. It's in, the, it's in the Americans, so the kid has probably seen, you know, competition. But it, Big Ten foul trouble is always sometimes, you know, it's, it's an issue for, for everybody. So you know that if you have a good, solid kind of cache of, of guys, you can overcome a night where, you know, Race Thompson picks up two fouls in the first two and a half minutes. Yep. You know, you can play through that with, with – that rotation and, and Trace Jackson Davis again. Getting him back was probably the best uh, recruiting work Mike Woodson did. I mean, he he might be one of the best players in the country. One of the best re 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 recruiters. Re recruits, yeah, yes. exactly. Yes. Um. Let's see. Let's toss it over to Ohio State, who is another team. And my God, the first round of that tournament, you look at like the upsets that happened. How many of them were Big Ten teams? Like. Ohio State loses to Oral Roberts. Um, let's see. Illinois lost, not in the first round, but the second round to Loyola Chicago. Oh, Iowa got pummeled. Boat race in that second, second round. round Purdue lost in the Oregon. first round. Purdue. They were just – and that's why, like, you know, <coughs> I talked about in the intro how, like, they were considered, like, the best conference in the country, and then they just fell flat on their face in the tournament. And those are the teams that contributed to, to it. But whatever. I'm off that. Ohio State, a surprising departure from a year ago is Dwayne Washington goes to the NBA. And did he get drafted? I don't think he got drafted. He did not. I don't think. He might have been like a late second round pick. Okay. I'm pretty sure he was a G League, just two-way contract guy yeah. with the Pacers, if I'm not mistaken. But, yeah, he, he 
It would have been nice if you'd have stayed. If you'd have stayed, this is a team that you probably put in the top five. Yeah. Right. I mean, he was one of the best guards in the country last year. One of the best <clears throat> shot creator, kind of just shot makers, and, and their offense was humming most of the year. In large part, because I mean, you look at the pieces and you go, how, how the hell is this yeah. team so good offensively? Dwayne Washington was just a tough bucket getter, and I think you saw in that in that tournament loss. Sometimes the shot selection by him was not. There's one at the end of the game where I think he thought that he had to like go for that game winner, you know? Yeah. And he, it wasn't quite at that point where you had to like desperately go for it, and yeah, put up a terrible shot and end up losing. Yeah, he's he's an irrational confidence guy, right? And that he just he takes a lot of shots, but boy, I mean, he was he was cooking most of last year. So losing him is going to be really tough. I do think the the transfer guards that they get coming in, Jamari Wheeler and Cedric Russell, give you kind of a different a different identity. Jamari Wheeler is a terrific defensive defensive lead guard. He's on the ball. He is one of the best guards defensively in the entire country. He was one of the best guards. I think he was on the all defense team in the big 10 at the point guard spot for Penn state. So he's a guy who's going to get the ball up the floor. He's going to, he's going to play good defense. He's going to drive. He's not going to score a ton, but, but he's somebody who's going to put a lot of pressure on the defense and and give Ohio state a defensive identity that they did not have last year. Mm -hmm. And Cedric Russell is probably the guy that you're looking to to replace some of that Dwayne Washington. Well, especially because he basically did replace Dwayne Washington. I wonder, like, if Dwayne Washington doesn't leave, does Cedric Russell come? Probably not. Probably not. No. So he's the guy that's probably getting the ball at the end of the shot clock, trying to make something happen. <clears throat> but you've got other guys. I mean, EJ Liddell was was really good last year. He's kind of an undersized post. Kyle Young is back as another guy who opted into like Kyle a Kyle Young is a guy who you use the word junkyard dog all the time. Yeah. If I had to like envision someone as like just the poster child for the word junkyard dog, it's Kyle Young. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. He's he's the guy that just he just does his business. He gets you eight points, six rebounds, maybe knocks down a three every once in a while, gets some boards, plays defense, takes a charge. Yeah. All of those things, yeah. all of those cliches, Kyle Young is really, really valuable at. Yep. And was he did he miss he missed some time I know late in the year for them and, and you could really tell when he wasn't on the floor another intensity it just felt like yeah like he he just gives you a, 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 an unquantifiable kind of element to their team that's really yeah they really missed so him back is is a huge deal you know they've got some they've got a good they've got another they've got a bench that's that's deep it's a team though that I that I do wonder it's like are they just going to be Good, but there's other teams that are better. Yeah, you know that's where I feel like I land on Ohio State. Yeah, I think they'd be good. And one one reason I say that is I look at their what what's the word classes. We'll say not college courses, but they're, what they are as far as junior basket seniors. weaving. Right. Yes. How good they are at underwater basket weaving. Do you think there's a basket weaving like five hundred one or four hundred one, like a graduate level basket weaving? Class? I hope so. You know what I mean, like one hundred one. But what about two hundred one? Three hundred one. Three hundred one. Five. Yeah, like grad level. Doctorate level. 601. Just weaving those baskets. Yes. Anyways. Anyway. But they are a very upperclassman-led team, and I like that. Yeah, they're old. And you yeah. want to you get old. You want to stay old. Um, sometimes being old isn't the best because it means that your guys aren't good enough to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, yeah, the, the age of this team, you got a lot of seniors, a lot of juniors. Guys who have you know, been in those tough games before. so Yeah, and, and when you get into the conference grind, you know, the Big Ten's tough, and it's like you can't let one bad performance become three or four straight bad performances. Yep. And I think that's where maybe having guys who aren't as high and low emotionally, mm-hmm. you know, older upperclassmen, can really benefit you. Yep. All right, 
Let's toss it over. Um, I got two more tier two teams, Biggs. Let's go. Do you want to go Maryland or Michigan State first? Maryland. Okay, Maryland. And I like Maryland. You know, they have two of the top, you know, sort of transfer portal targets. Um, and Fats Russell, the point guard coming over from Rhode Island, which I love the name Fats Russell. Fats is a terrific name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Name. that is good. What, what do, do you think is? Do you think his real name is Fats? I'm just assuming it's Rayshon. Rayshon. I don't feel like I just feel like everyone whose name is Rayshon just wants to change it to something else. Yeah, I wonder why. I don't know. Is there some other Rayshon that nobody can? That they're just like, no, I can't. I can't have that name. You know, I'm curious about yeah. this. I'm, I'm looking at Darren, Darren. Darren Russell. Darren Fats Russell. Um. But anyways, he's a transfer <laughs> coming over from Rhode Island to slide to that point guard spot. And then Quidus Wahab. Yeah, your favorite big man. My favorite big man, just because I love the name, which he comes over from Georgetown. And Georgetown, speaking of which, is sort of, you know, they lose Caduce. And then they had, was it Trey Trey King? I think he basically just got kicked off the team a couple days ago. Really? For, like, not living up to program expectations. Something something like that. Trouble trouble in D.C. Yes. That's where Georgetown is, right? I have no idea. I thought it was. It makes sense. Georgetown, you know, George Washington. Oh, yeah. that may, I never thought about that. Yeah. Anyways. Huh. And, you know, add those two to a couple of, uh, you know, sort of guard-like guys and Eric Ayala and Dante Scott. And, I don't know, it's a good team this year. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, right away, there was, like, <laughs> the first day of the transfer portal, it feels like it was, like, the first day of college free agency – they, they kind of blew their water early, getting Fats Russell and Wahab, who were both ranked pretty high before kind of the transfer portal got into full, like, full tilt. I would bet if you were to rank, I bet, I'm sure there is somewhere, the Athletic probably does something where it's like it ranked the top 1,000 transfer portal guys. I would bet both those guys, though, were like four-star, four-star transfer portal guys, right? Mm-hmm. Would you would you say? Yeah. You know, so, I mean, getting two of those guys right away in is, is a good get. And you bring back Ayala, you bring back Dante Scott, and you bring back Hakeem Hart, who's a, that's a really good trio coming back. It would have been really nice if you could have kept either Aaron Wiggins or Daryl Marcel. Yep. I think both those guys leaving, I was like, can we get, can we get one of those guys to stick around? Because I think if, if that were the case, then I'd buy Maryland as, a as like a tier one and a half team. Maybe not quite up on that tier one, but definitely higher than I do now. Tier one B. Yes, tier one B. The stupid look a, you get on your face whenever I do this. Exclamation point dollar sign tier. Yes, exactly. Right now, I just think they're they're okay, and and I'm a little worried that Fats Russell is going to have a little too big a role because I do think some of that the, the 17 a game or whatever he averaged empty stats, maybe a little bit. Yeah, I think it's it's a little bit empty calories, inefficiency. He takes a lot of shots, so I'm curious to see if he. I honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if he's the third best guard on this team, though. I think Ayala is awesome. Eric mm-hmm. Ayala is one of the best. He's big. He's tough. He's a he's a really good lead guard. And then I think Akeem Hart has a chance. Like he he started playing a lot more, kind of throughout as the season went on for them, mm-hmm. and gives them a really really nice kind of element. I mean, he's a he's a big physical guard too. Their guards are big with Ayala and Hart both. Um, you know, Russell isn't, but like Hart is a he's an athletic kind of slasher. I could see him having a breakout year. He averaged seven a game last year. I could see that number getting into that 11 to 14 range okay. this year. And I, and I think with those two, and then Dante Scott and Wahab, we are talking about Jackson Davis and um, Race Thompson as one mm-hmm. of the top kind of interior duos. I really like that Dante Scott-Wahab duo as well. Dante Scott is only like 6'5 or 6'6, mm-hmm. but he's just a solid. Is he a junkyard dog? He's kind of a quality, yeah, maybe a little bit. He reminds me, when I watched him play, 
He reminds me a little bit of like a not quite as big, not quite as talented Bonzi Colson. Remember Bonzi Colson yes. from Notre Dame? Yeah, like 6'5", but he was just like... The definition of the word chunk. Yeah, he was a chunk. Yeah. Dante Scott reminds me a little bit of that. I mean, he's kind of built like that. I mean, he's 6'6". He's probably like 230, 240. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not taller than anybody, but he's just he just kind of finds ways to score and be effective. Mm-hmm. I, I like that duo, the two of them. And so, I, I don't know. I, I'm talking myself a little bit into Maryland actually being... I think they're good. I do, too. I think they're yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. I could see them being maybe even better than... Illinois and, and I could I, I, I could see them maybe Illinois. being better than Illinois. Sure, okay. if something breaks right, I, I don't love Turgeon as a coach, yep. but it seems like their teams are always just kind of solid. When they're expected to be really good, they're solid. When they're expected to be really bad, they're solid. Okay. He just kind of has a the water is that's always finding it. it the water is always at its level with yeah. Turgeon. That's your favorite thing. I do like that thing. <laughs> uh, let's go over to Michigan State Bigs. And this is a team that was tough for me to peg when I was sort of filling this out. Yeah. You know, they had the year last year where, by all indications, they were going to be in the same boat as Duke was last year. You know, the the big, bad, sort of blue, bu- blue blood type team who misses the tournaments. Well, then they make a little run towards the end. I, they had a couple big ones. They beat, like, they beat, like, Illinois. Who was it that they they had a couple big wins. Just they to beat Michigan. Okay, they might have beaten Ohio State or Purdue. They beat somebody else that was that was way up there. Yep. And so they ended up losing to UCLA in the first four games, and they actually led a lot of that game, from what I remember. They were up like fifteen at half, weren't yeah. they? Maybe a dozen. And they were up just, double figures early. Just gave it away, and that really led to the Cinderella run that was UCLA a year ago. And. They also lose, you know, they lose Aaron Henry. They lose Josh Langford and Rocket Watts, right? As far as what they get in, they get Tyson Walker coming over from Northeastern. Uh, Max Christie is a talented guard who should start for them right away. Yep. Um, Gabe Brown, jo- Joey Hauser, Malik Hall are all returning. They have a couple more four-star guys. <sighs> you know, I was tempted to put this as more of a Tier 3 team just because they, they don't have a lot of production returning. Um, they're going to be relying a lot on new pieces, but at the same time, like... It's Michigan State. Exactly. Yeah. I'm with you. If this if this team were if this team were Maryland, right. I would scoot them way down. Exactly. Or Illinois. I'd be like, no. Nah. But it's Michigan State, so it's like it's just really hard to quit them. Yeah. Right? I, I just feel like with this group, you've got so many guys that are just... Gabe Brown, Malik Hall, Joey Hauser, Julius Marble, Marcus Bingham... All guys who like probably did something decent early in their career, and you thought this guy's going to break out. Mm-hmm. This year, it's going to happen. This is the year Gabe Brown breaks out and becomes a stud. This is the year Marcus Bingham breaks out and becomes you know an impact guy. And it just it's never happened for so many. They just haven't really quite developed. You know, and I think you thought the same thing on a Rocket Watts last year. Rocket Watts was supposed to be better. He was better as a freshman, right? And the, and then last year he really took a step back. Aaron Henry finally kind of did the breakout last year, but he was another guy who I think was just kind of synonymous with, I don't know, just kind of disappointing. Which right? one was, was it Langford that was injured for the longest time? Yeah, or Josh Langford was injured forever. Yeah. So he was like in his like sixth year. Okay. Um, I don't know. And yet I say that and I think to myself, well, maybe now that some of those guys are gone, maybe Gabe Brown can break out. Yeah. He's always a guy that when I watch them play, it just he looks like a guy who should be able to do a lot of things, <clears throat> yep. you know? Joey Hauser, early in the year, I thought was going to be maybe Michigan State's best player. He kind of leveled off. and he Water finds his level. Yeah, he, he might just be a guy that's kind of limited. I, I don't really know. But, you know, maybe he breaks out because he's got a bigger role 
they're going to have to, I think, lean into this kind of a little smaller lineup. I, I just don't like their bigs. I don't like Marcus Bingham is garbage. You know, like he's, he's been there for four years. He's just like, he's the guy who looks good in the layup line because he's six eleven and he's lean and he, he's a jumping Jack. And then when he's on the floor, it's just like, this guy's lost. I don't know. Okay. I'll say that and he'll become Adrian Payne probably somehow, you know, an average 17 and 10. But I think it's really up to Max, Max Christie and Tyson Walker. Can Tyson Walker, take that jump without without suffering a big drop? Can he yeah. be more like Carlick Jones? And I, I had to refrain from saying transfer from Northwestern because that would imply a lateral transfer. He's yeah. from Northeastern. Northeastern. So that's an up transfer. That's a different part of the country. Yes. Yeah, it's on the east side of the country, not northeast the west. Northeast corner, not the northwest. It's yep. Which Northwestern is not in the north. They're like right in the middle. Yeah, they really are. Okay. Yeah. Stupid. It is. Geography. Yeah. I, I don't understand. I it. hate anatomy. Same. Anyways. So yeah, I think we're through tier two here. Um, who's yeah. sort of like, out of the teams we haven't talked about, who's like the next one that you have here? Who's a team that could sort of break into tier two and have a quality year that we're not expecting? Wisconsin. Or Rutgers. Probably both of those two. Yeah. Yeah, let's, let's go the Big Ten. The Big Ten is one of those teams where it's like, doesn't shouldn't every team, there probably shouldn't be a Tier 1 team, mm-hmm. but there should be like 13 Tier 2 teams. Exactly. <laughs> they're just like but all you, the same. But, but Big Ten obviously but there has to have... tiers has... of Tier 2. I hate you. <laughs> uh, let's, let's talk about Wisconsin here, Big. All right. And do you remember last year, I think it was, it was a graphic showing like their average age, and it was more, <laughs> it was older than the Chicago Bulls average age. Yeah. And that's probably not going to happen this year. Um, they lost a lot. Yep. A lot of freshmen coming in, a lot of four-star freshmen. Um, and I have to disagree with you because I don't see – like, I was tempted to put this team in Tier 4. Really? I really was just because they lose so much. Um, their best player coming back is Brad Davison. I mean, quality player. Um, and, I mean, if he plays against North Carolina every game, he'll probably average 30 points. Yeah. <laughs> he ended Roy Williams' career. Exactly. Oof. Yes. That one stings. But like, I want so badly to just write this team off. But at the same time, it's Wisconsin. Wisconsin's always like that seven to ten seed range. Yeah. No matter what. They're just always they're always decent, right? And yeah. They aren't quite on the level of like I think Virginia is like the new Wisconsin. When Wisconsin had Bo Ryan, it was like you're always trying to write Wisconsin off. This is the year that Wisconsin sucks, and then they would be like a two or three seed every year. Mm-hmm. Now Virginia is kind of that, right? Well, who plays for Virginia? It doesn't matter. They're going to be probably a 2-3-4 seed and mm-hmm. lose in the first or second round. I think Wisconsin is like a little bit lessened version of old Wisconsin, where I think you're right. You can just pencil them in. They're probably going to be a 7-8-9-10 seed, but they're going to be solid in the Big Ten. Yeah. They're just they're going to win games that they probably shouldn't. They're not going to probably lose a ton of games that they shouldn't, mm-hmm. right? They're just going to be really steady, and they'll, they'll come away with – they'll annoy you just enough by how good they are. To, to be effective. And, and last year, I think, was was oddly – I think they're better when they don't have expectations. I think it's a little bit – there's a lot of teams like that in this league. I feel like Purdue is like that. I think Maryland is a little bit like that. When they're really hyped, that's, that's not where you want to be. You want to be in the neighborhood where you're not expected to do anything because then you're, you're always just going to be – you're always going to be solid. So if you're expected to be better than solid, you're disappointing when you're solid. Mm-hmm. When you're expected to be bad and you're solid, really exciting. Yep. And that's where I think I think Wisconsin's like that. I don't think they're going to be, oddly enough, I do not think they're actually going to be that much worse than they were last year. Even if they lose some, I think sometimes some of those guys are, I, I think some of those guys, like Nate Reavers, Micah Potter, I, I just think losing those guys doesn't hurt you that much. I just don't think they were that good. 
I, I think I think Chucky Hepburn is going to be a really good freshman point guard for them, and I think Jonathan Davis and Tyler Wall are our breakout guys. I love Johnny Davis. The, the the stuff he gave them last year off the bench. This was a guy that probably should have played more, but because you have so many fourth and fifth and sixth year seniors, mm-hmm. probably feel a little bit like, well, we have to play these guys a little more. Every time he played, he he pops. Yeah. I, I think he's going to have a big year for them. The question is, do they have enough offense? That's probably what holds them back or gives them a really hard cap kind of ceiling. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to be. I think they're actually going to be okay. Okay. Um, you know, I, I see an opportunity here, Biggs. You know, we have we already have one board bet here with uh, Oregon State. I picked them uh, ahead of Utah and Washington State for the regular season. Oh yeah, Chipotle burrito or a, or a, a Ponchero's yeah, burrito. Yeah, whichever on one. Yeah. And do you want another one? Sure. Wisconsin doesn't make the tournament. Ooh, I will take that. Okay, I will take that bet. I'll add that on there then. Okay. All right, let's do it. We have two of them. Wisconsin does not make the tournament, and that are we doing lunch again for that one, or, yeah. or is it a different bet? We'll probably just do. lunch. Either we're like apps e- or either we'll be exchanging burritos. That that sounded awful. Yeah. <laughs> or one of us will get two of them. All right. Okay. Perfect. All right. Let's move on. Um, okay. And the other team you mentioned, Rutgers, who that is my team. I'd pick out like this, the rest of them to be the best. Yeah. Um, just because you know they do lose guys. They lose Jacob Young to Oregon. They lose Montez Mathis. They lose Miles Johnson. But Ron Harper's a guy who, if you get like the first ten games of last season, Ron Harper, you're like they're probably a four seed. Yeah, they were. He was that good. He was, probably he was awesome. 22, 23 points per game. Mm-hmm. And like you always say, Biggs, regression to the mean. No, that's not what you say. What are you saying again? Best thing about freshmen is they become sophomores. Sure. <laughs> but a water finds its level. He ended up averaging fifty points per game. Um, also returning Geo Baker, um, Cliff Omarui. I love when I get that name right because Oregon had an Omarui too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, they did. I love when I get that, that name right. Cliff Omarui. So I'm just gonna say it again. I think they're brothers. He was a transfer from oh, Rutgers. Actually? The the Eugene Omarui. Okay. Yeah. Do you think he transferred to, to Eugene just because that's? I was just, or, that actually Oregon that, is that in just Eugene. ran through my mind right yes. before you said that. I was like, huh, Eugene, interesting. But you know, yes, they lose a ton, but you know, Ron Harper is a guy who can put up buckets. Um, Geo Baker's another guy, and so I could see this team be. You know, breaking into that tournament mold. Um, whether or not they do much of the tournament remains to be seen, but I could see them making a run here. I agree. I think I think this team. We talked about them over the offseason. Getting Ron Harper and Geo Baker both back, Harper to to come out of the NBA uh, entry pool, mm-hmm. and Baker to opt back in for a fifth season was huge. I mean, yeah, losing Jacob Young, Montez Mathis, and Miles Johnson definitely hurts. I think all, all three of those guys were, like, solid rotation pieces. So I don't think Rutgers is going to be as deep. You know, you lose three guys who played a lot. I can be as deep. But the five guys who did, um, I like Caleb McConnell. He's another one. If you watch him on the right night, he has he has moments where it's like, whoa, this kid could be this kid could be solid. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's got to happen mm-hmm. at some point. And, I mean, if it, it, I think the opportunity for it to happen for him. It'll be this year. It has to be this year. Yeah. I Because mean, he's, he's a senior. He's a senior, and he's going to have, you know, he's got minutes – Right there for him, yep. right? Harper, I think, you know, he averaged about 20, 22 points a game the first portion of the year. Then he had an ankle injury, mm-hmm. and he just was not the same after that. Can you get can you get 17, 18, 19 points a game out of Ron Harper if he stays healthy all year? I, I think so. I mm-hmm. mean, I think he's good. He's really good. He, he can shoot it. He can slash. He might be a dark horse Big Ten player of the year guy. Yep. You know, 
And, and then I, I like Mulcahy too. Mulcahy is another one of those kind of just glue guys. Plays good defense. Doesn't score a lot, but he, but he makes the extra pass. He does that kind of stuff. And then Omarui, who was just a freshman last year, just didn't get to play a ton. Well, maybe he's maybe he's the breakout guy. Now he averages maybe he plays 25 minutes a game. Can he get you 10 and 8? You know, in a couple blocks and, and anchor your defense. The I think the margin for error with this team is a lot slimmer because it's a program where you don't just plug new guys in. You don't lose three rotation guys and just keep and just keep rolling, right? Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. have to recruit and replace and develop guys. So they've got five guys still who who are in place, but but the rest of that group, the depth isn't there. They need to mm-hmm. continue developing that depth. So I, I could see this team being solid, but I could also see a situation where if they sustain an injury or something, or if things get away from them a little bit, I, I think their their range I think is bigger than some of these other teams. Okay. All right. So let's see. I'm looking at this. I think we have about a handful of teams to get through here. Um, who's some of these? I think we can cut short a little bit. Yeah. Um, Penn State is a team who they. Lose a lot of the. They lose all three of their guards basically to the transfer portal. One of them we just talked about earlier going to Ohio State and Jamari Wheeler, and the guys that get back are all up transfers. Um, and so it's tough to see this team doing a ton. They have a first year head coach and Micah Shrewsbury, uh, but yeah, I, if these guys hit, if these up transfers actually hit, this could be a tournament team. I think. Yeah, it would take a lot. Yeah. I mean. You got Miles Dredd, who's one of the guards that is coming back. He was a he was a solid player for them over the last couple of years. And then last year wasn't quite as good, but but that's a, that's another high level man. Yeah, Miles Dredd. I like it. He should definitely become a judge. Does he have dreadlocks that are very long? I don't know. That maybe. go for miles. Maybe. Ooh. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I was thinking if he becomes a judge, he's, he's Judge Dredd. I like that too. You know, yeah. that'd be cool. Don't yeah. you remember the Judge Dredd? No. What? What is this? Bro? Isn't isn't Judge Dredd like the? It the, is a Marvel thing again. No, 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 no. Judge Dredd. He is. A, it's a film where he's like a. He's like a RoboCop, basically. Only thing standing Kate, between I'm order and chaos that. is Judge Joseph Dredd. His duty: police the the violent metropolitan sprawls that crowd the decaying just, earth and kill criminals on the spot. Just a life pro tip: if you look up a movie and it has twenty two percent on Rotten Tomatoes, don't watch it. No, I never watched it, but I mean, okay. he became kind of a cult figure, this Judge Dredd. I mean, he was just okay. a killing machine. Okay. So that'd be fun. Yeah, anyway, I do not know him. That's okay. Um, I like their front their front court duo of, of Lundy and Harar is is good. It's not as good as some of those other. I mean, the Big Ten just front court situations are just insane. Yeah. But I, but I think this team is just going to be. I think they're I think they're going to be pretty bad, but I think they're going to be pesky. Yeah, I think you're gonna look up. So they can and, have a couple upsets. Maybe you look yeah. up and they're battling. Like Mr. they knock it. They knock off Purdue, who's yeah, ranked exactly. number three in the country at some yeah. point, and they lose to Penn State. And now Penn State storms the court with yeah. like dozens of fans. Exactly. You know, yeah. I can see that situation <laughs> arising. They're just like milling around at half court, like, "Oh, this is our court storm." You know, oh, Happy Valley. Oh boy. Anyways, let's move on. Okay. Um, let's see. We got four more. Iowa is a team who. Was very good last year, but they just had an underwhelming finish, if that makes sense. And just get. I'm no stranger to underwhelming finishes, John. Wow. Let's get back to the G rated portion of this. (laughs) Um, And they lose in the second round to number seven, Oregon, who just lit them up shooting ridiculous percentage from three pointer because they just couldn't play defense against Oregon. And they kept that theme going in the offseason because they couldn't play defense. They couldn't defend the guys leaving their team. 
He said, I did see. I like that. Yes. Yeah, they couldn't defend their own yes. roster. Um, Luca Garza goes to the NBA, which he was a senior anyway. Wieskamp graduated. Um, Frederick, though, is a guy who, if he came back, would have been one of their better players. He transferred to Kentucky. Jack Nungy, another guy who would have been one of their better players. He transferred to Xavier. And their best returning guy, Jordan Bohannon, which isn't he the one who got beat knocked? up in a bar or something? Yeah, is he like, how do I say it? Is he healthy? <laughs> this isn't a HIPAA violation, is it? Is it? He's never been healthy. It feels like he's had like a hip issue or, or just some sort of health stuff. There he is. Former yeah, football player charged with yeah. hoop star assault. I don't. I don't see anything saying. I don't see anything saying that he's going to miss time. Oh no! I, so I wouldn't expect, and like, expect him to. But here's my thing: like he's coming back. He's obviously a great shooter. But how much of him being a great shooter was because of Luca Garza's demanding double teams in the middle? You know what I mean? Yeah, I just think Jordan Bohannon is a guy. I mean, we've seen he's been in college forever. I think you know exactly what he is. I, I don't think you can look at this team and say, oh, he's their best returning player. That 10.5 now needs to be 17 for them right. to be good. I just think he's going to be 10 points. He's a decent shooter. Some nights he shoots uh, you know, 6 of 10 from 3. Other nights he's going to shoot 1 of 10 from 3. Mm-hmm. And you know, he's going to be he's going to be what he is, which is you know, a decent player, but I think has big-time limitations. He's a terrible defensive player, so that really hurts their defense. Mm-hmm. And, and he's not particularly athletic and, and great at creating his own shot. So, yeah, I, I think his his production was probably helped by the presence of Garza. I still think he's probably going to get you 10 to 12 a game. Mm-hmm. Might not be as efficient. I don't know. I really would have liked I was excited about seeing what this Iowa team could have looked like if they would have brought back everybody besides Garza. Right. I think Wieskamp would have come back because he was only a junior. He actually left for the NBA. Mm-hmm. Okay. CJ Frederick left, who, and I really liked CJ Frederick. Mm-hmm. And, and even Jack Nungy, who was like, when he came in for Garza, he would be productive. Yeah. If they could have brought back all those guys, I would have been I would have been hyped for Iowa. I think I think that would have been one where it's like everybody else is low on Iowa, and I would have been like, nope, I'm zagging on this. I think they're yeah. gonna be amazing. Now it's just it's hard to get as excited because without Wieskamp and Frederick and Nungy. I'm excited about them for one reason. Do you see why? All the McCaffreys? No. Which, is that the same family? Is that his son? Yeah, those his are both his kids. Okay. Yeah. Um, but no, do you see their one transfer coming in? <laughs> yeah, Philip Robracha. He's one of he's one of us. Is he from North Dakota? He's a transfer from UND. He is a transfer from UND, so, yeah. so he is one of us. Yeah, I'm excited yeah. about that. One of you guys. You, you see, like you know how like Minnesota jokes around about like the one of us thing. 100%. Well, so North Dakota is a thing where it's like. If the word North Dakota is ever mentioned on North, like North national Dakota. news or in a TV show, we like, circle jerk over it. Exactly. Like yeah. there's an episode of How I Met Your Mother, where Ted Mosley, who is an architect, yeah. he says he's talking about like work he's doing. He's like, yeah, I'm develop, I'm like developing plans for the New York Public Library, right? Yeah. And they're like, oh, that's exciting. He's like, not really. I'm developing the plans for the new library in York, North Dakota. Is York a town in yes. North Dakota? Oh, it's, it is. It's near my hometown. No kidding. Yes, and it's tiny. Wow. Maybe five people. Wow. And so, like, whenever stuff Why like that happens, library, whenever that stuff like that happens, North Dakota is just get. That's your favorite episode. Exactly. Of yes. So you're just swelling with pride. <laughs> yes. They acknowledged our presence. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Even if it was a punchline joke, that's too bad. I love it. Um. Anyway, let's move on. Okay. Nebraska, another team who I could toy with as far as being sort of like that Rutgers team that could surprise you. Um, Alonzo Verge is a big transfer coming in from Arizona State. Um, you know, just another team that could be a surprise. Um, Trey McGowan's comes back. Bryce McGowan's incoming freshman, which I have no idea if they're brothers or not. They are. Okay. 
And, you know, Fred Hoiberg's a coach who, you know, he had that year or a couple years with um, Iowa State where they just came out of nowhere. This could be that year for him here too, I think. Yeah, I mean, if they come, if they go anywhere, it'll definitely be from out of nowhere because I think Nebraska's not good. probably projected to be pretty darn bad. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to need Trey McGowan. I mean, that, that backcourt, that trio of guards, I think, could – be kind of like Arizona State a little yeah, bit of, of the last that. couple of years and, and win like that. They're not particularly good or efficient, but boy, they might have a night where all three of them are just kind of cooking. And you're like, whoa, yep. this team has just like got a bunch of bucket getters with the with with Trey McGowan's, Bryce McGowan's, and Verge. I think all three of them have the potential to on the right night go for twenty five. Yep, you know, go for thirty. On the on the on the wrong night though, the three of them combined could go six of twenty eight from the field. You know, and mm-hmm. score 17 points, and Nebraska loses by 35. So, yeah. I just think there's – I think that's another one. Maybe maybe kind of like Penn State, maybe they, they're they a little frisky, and they give a team – they upset somebody because they find the right night where all three of those guys are cooking with gas. <clears throat> Otherwise, though, I, I think you're looking at down the barrel of 12-13 uh, you know, from the Big Ten. Thanks. All right. Another team, Northwestern. Um, they do have some guys coming back. You know, Miller Cop, you mentioned earlier, is transferring to Indiana. But Boo Boo is another guard who's a talented guard. Um, Chase Adige. And Pete Nance is a big guy who for them who puts up some good numbers. So just another team that does have some veteran leadership, a lot of, you know, older guys on the team. And could they take the next step? You know, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, how weird was it? Like early in the year last year, didn't they win they their were, first couple Big Ten games and everyone I was like, Whoa, Northwestern's back. Everyone was talking about Boo Boo. Boo Boo was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, he was great. And Pete Nance was Wait, good too. I'm gonna steal your line here. If Boo Booey just had a regular name, like, you know. Jim Bowie? Joe Smith or something. Yeah. Yeah. What would we be, be talking about right now? We'd probably be saying, like, yeah, this Jim Smith, he, he's okay. Exactly. But Boo Booey, man, he's exciting. I know. He's <laughs> one of the best guards in the conference, exactly. right? Yeah. Boo. <laughs> Boo Booey. Do you think, you know how, like, I think of, like, North Carolina with Luke May, whenever he'd hit a shot, it'd be Luke. Luke. Boo. Do, do they actually boo? <laughs> <laughs> They gotta make sure they get the E in there at the end. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. This Northwestern team was they started out hot last year and it feels like they just they used up all their bullets in the first three, four games of the Big Ten season. They won, they got ranked really high, and then they didn't like then they lost like ten in a row or something. Mm-hmm. Like they were god awful. Yeah. So I don't know. Could could we see that Northwestern team find a middle ground between being god awful and being three and over three good teams? Maybe. Maybe Probably. I can see I can see them sneaking into like that. I would discussion like like next level bubble maybe yeah. like tenth in the Big Ten ten yeah. or eleven somewhere in that range if something goes bad for Rutgers maybe they take an injury maybe they're a little worse maybe Wisconsin's as bad as you expect them to be maybe Northwestern pops a couple of those teams and they're kind of in the in the on the fringes of like not having to play on that first that first day of the Big Ten tournament. I can see that. Nice. Um, let's see. One more team. And do you even want to talk about them? No, not really. Okay. I think they're going to be terrible. I think they're going to be the worst team in the in college basketball. And we're high ob- major. We're obviously talking about Minnesota here. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Worst I'm- team in high major college basketball. That's my they guess. They lost literally everyone. They lost everyone on their team. Except for Isaiah Eaton. Yep. Who's garbage. And I'm pretty sure he's hurt. Okay. If I'm not mistaken, I think he's going to be done for the year. Eric Curry's coming back, so that's nice. Um Eric Curry is just not what he was. It's though. all up transfers. All up who transfers. all average in like sort of like teens points per game. Mm-hmm. I 
just fast forward. What if what if like you look at their stat column at the end of the year and this is exactly what it is? I, I think they will have had a pretty good year then. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would be amazed by that. They have no big guys. No. No. Jameson Battle is like a four man. He's like six six. He's more of a he's more of a spot up shooter. Yeah. They don't have a big man. Not the best conference to not have any big guys. Which is weird because they never seem to get shooters. Like, like, or they get guys who then fall off the face of the earth in the shooting category. Which I could see. Yeah, I could see that happening here. Uh, yeah, there's, there's just not much to say. I think I think the Gophers are going to be really bad. Uh, ben Johnson's in the first year of, of his of his coaching tenure here. Um, Do they win a road game this year? They did not win one last year, if you remember. It, yeah, that's right. They were awful. If I had to set the over, the over under would probably be on like five. one and a half. Yeah, point five. I would probably take the over just because, man, you play you play like 17 of them or 15 of them. Boy, you, you get lucky one time and yeah. you're already cashing that bet. Yeah. But if it were set at one and a half, I think I'd probably take the under. Okay. I think they're going to be really bad. Yeah. All right. Let's end on that. All right. Except we have to do our predictions. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. as usual, I will do my all-conference just so you can actually sit there and think about it because yeah. it's already typed up. That's a great idea. And when I was filling this out – and I had almost the same issue that Rothstein had where you're just putting in big guys everywhere. So I think my guards are more likely to hit as far as being right. Okay. But then the big men are sort of just a it's – like, it's like playing the lottery, pick, picking the right big men. First. I know. It really is. Um, are you big? Are you doing this where you're going to have like a roster of bigs or are you going to try to like just put – are you going to have like an actual point guard shoot or I, perimeter guys and big guys? It doesn't necessarily have to be point guard, but I do have like say – Two or three perimeter guys. Yeah. Okay, I, I hate. I, I have to. You just hate big men. Yeah, I get it. That, that's it. That's yes. understandable. No, I like having a, a lineup that could actually be like a formidable lineup that you actually put out there. I feel you. Which means you have to have less big people because they just size matters, John. Careful who you're talking to. Oh boy. <laughs> but my guards, I have Andre Curbelo. You know everyone's favorite breakout candidates. Yep. Um, from Illinois, I think he's gonna have a big year. He just got. He's got a lot more opportunities without Io there. Yeah, I think so too. Um, Alonzo Verge coming over from Arizona State and going to Nebraska. He's, you know, we talk about Nebraska's not going to be that great. They could be. Um, but he's a guy who could, again, be an empty calories guy. And a lot of times when people are voting on these things, they just look at the stats. Mm-hmm. So Alonzo Verge. Um, EJ Liddell, who we talked about from Ohio State, who he's going to have more of a role. Um, and you can really, it's really a head or tails here with who I put on between him and Cedric Russell. It could be either one of those guys, depending on who breaks out more. So those are like sort of my three guard slash wing guys. For the big men, I did put Coffee Cockburn on. Um, and then I toyed around with the other ones. You know, there's Hunter Dickinson. There's there's even Zach Eady. And I ended up putting Zach Eady's teammate, Trayvon Williams, who I mean, we'll see. I know you mentioned like maybe he loses his starting spot at some point this year. Um, or just minutes, or I think. Minutes. They gotta find a way to play those two guys together a little bit. Yeah, but I have him on there as well. I like it. Yeah, that's a devastating, a devastating roster. Yeah, that's really good. I would take it. Yeah, I would too. Uh, mine will be. I will have uh, Jaden Ivy from Purdue. I think he's. I think he's the breakout guy from Purdue. I think. Uh, I think there's enough hype about him based on what he did over the summer. And I think he's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. Some of the numbers are going to look better for him. He finished the year, I think, playing at a pretty high level, and I think people expect him to to be kind of a fringe player of the year candidate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll put Ron Harper from Rutgers. I think you get good Ron Harper. And I'm a little worried if, if Rutgers kind of falls off a little bit, Ron Harper becomes a little more anonymous. But I feel like he's going to have some 
some potential player of the year kind of stuff going on. And, and if Rutgers is good, it's going to be because of Ron Harper. Uh, Trace Jackson Davis, I think, is the player of the year. Indiana big guy. Yeah. Um, I think he's like a 20-8, and eight, couple assists, plays better defense. And I think Indiana's legit. Uh, and then I'll go with two centers. I'll have Coffee Cockburn and Hunter Dickinson. Okay. So mine is not a uh, mine is not probably as pure of a one through five as yeah, yours. Three centers. Uh, Trace Jackson Davis can probably be like a three or a four. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm playing. I like how we only I think we only have one overlapping player this time. I think so too. Like Do we that. just have coffee. Yeah, yeah. Look at that. Yeah. That's something else. And that's why. That's where there's you, know, you talk about parody. There's sort of parody with the talent of players here. Again. There's, there's a ton, yeah. a ton of parody. Yeah, and, and I definitely, I absolutely can see all the guys you picked. I could see. I well, I thought about EJ Liddell. Mm-hmm. And if I had to maybe redo it, I'd probably have EJ Liddell maybe over Ron Harper. But I really hype. I'm 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 hyped about Ron Harper. I think he's going to have a big year. Okay. Max Christie is another one from Michigan State. I could see him having a a year where he busts out and, and kind of leads the well, way for okay. that. Okay, that that might be leading the next thing. Yeah, who's your top freshman? Max Christie. Okay, I think Michigan State. I mean, it, you said it. It's really hard to just assume Michigan State's going to be bad. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to be pretty good. Right, good. I, th- I think they'll be okay. Probably bad by Michigan State standards, but still decent. Yep. And I think Max Christie is is going to have the opportunity to to do a lot of damage. Him or Caleb Houston. I think Caleb Houston from Michigan. Great segue. Really? Because that's my top freshman. No here. kidding. You know, just keeping it in the state of Michigan for the top freshman here. Look at that. And I'm going with Caleb Houston just because I do think he will get enough opportunity yes. with their lineup to put up big numbers. Um, so, yeah, that's why I'm going with Caleb Houston. Love that. Yeah. Who's your coach? Coach of the year. Oh, coach of the year. This is great radio. Yeah. I'll just give mine then. Okay. And we talked about this team earlier, how it's, we almost want to write them off just with everything that happened last year. They don't have a ton returning. Yeah. But you can't. And you know, you always talk about March Izzo. So I'm going, going to go with Tom Izzo. They, you know, I, I could see it being a team that starts off slow again. But they always pick, do. Picks it up halfway through the year. They always do that too. And then, yeah. So I'm going with Tom Izzo. All right. I'll stay in the great state of Michigan. All we do is love Michigan and Michigan State. I'll yeah. take Jawan Howard. I think Michigan is expected to do really well, and I think they're going to do really well. And I think by the end of the year, they're going to be a team that's 27 and four, yep. 25 and six, something like that. Win the Big Ten. I think Jawan Howard is starting to build up like a. See, so many of these awards, it feels like is kind of about. It's it's a it's a kind of about the story and how much hype mm-hmm. do they have and how much do writers like this coach? Yep. I think John Howard's going to have he's got that going. The public, he's turned into a likable coach. He's a he, yeah. People love John. What was Howard. his public perception after all like the Michigan Fab Five stuff? Because I know I think Chris Weber sort of got the shit under the stick. Yeah, um, he's the one who took the brunt of it. Yeah. What's Jawan Howard's sort of perception? I don't know. I, don't think I mean, he was I, always a good NBA player, yeah. right? I mean, he had a good career, and then he was. He was kind of in Miami for three, four years just doing like – he was like a player coach basically. Mm-hmm. I think when he was hired at Michigan, people liked it. Mm-hmm. I think anytime college gets like an NBA an NBA player slash coach to come in, yeah. I think they're kind of excited about it, and especially one at, at a big brand like Michigan who played at Michigan. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, his stock has definitely done nothing but go up yeah. since he was hired. Yeah. All right. So that is our Big Ten preview. Um, I would say let's get out of here, but we are going to record another one. We are going to do the SEC preview. So if you're sitting, you know, listening to us next week and thinking, God, these guys sound a little fatigued. You know, it's because we've been potting for two straight hours. Two straight. It's not easy. We're basically uh, the Joe Rogan experience right now. Yeah. You always do like four-hour podcasts daily, it seems like. That's impressive. Yeah. That's grinding. Yeah. 
basically. I don't know who Joe Rogan is, but that sounds like a rough time. You're joking, right? No. You don't know who Joe Rogan is? No. Is he someone famous? I. You're joking with me. I have never heard of Joe, Joe Rogan. Rogan. Joe Rogan. You can keep saying it slower fear, fear and factor? louder. Fear, oh, okay. I know what Fear, fear Factor, factor host. Yeah. Oh, he did that. All right. It's the bald guy. You, you know, oh, Joe what a guy. Rogan is. Okay, sure. Like Joe Rogan. Rogan. Yeah. Like, he owes me money. Holy shit. He's like one of the more prominent podcasting figures. You don't say. And we're podcasters, so we should know who that is. I, I'm worried about myself right now. I'm just trying to better myself. I'm not, you know, I've, I've got my eyes just on doing me. Uh, let's get out of here. I'm controlling what I can control. Bye.